Coming at you with a brand new episode of Rage Across the Internet. Hey everybody, this is Porter. I got Daniel Tyson with me. hey And um, a little something different today. We let uh, producer Joey have a little bit, a uh, little bit of time off, and felt that Danny needed some more responsibility around here. So it's actually producer Daniel Tyson, and in his seat, we have a special <laughs> guest with us today. We've got our buddy Billy. Billy, who I would say our very first fan. Say hello, Billy. How's it going? I am excited to be the whipping boy today and give Danny a day off from that. Well, thanks, because I don't need any more responsibilities. Um, what, what we got here is uh, our very first, we're going to call a live show. We are coming at you straight from Discord instead of Summer Rain Studio. And so while there are the three of us on mic, we also have our friend Anthony here in the chat. And uh, we have a series of questions left by uh, Strides of the Dark. Another one of the members of our Discord family. And today we're going to be talking about sept building because that's what I said. Yeah, I don't see why not. It's, it's your show. All right. So um, let's start at the start. You know, a sept is, I am sure all of us know, but for shits and grins, is a group of Garu living together. Now, Danny, is that the same thing as a cairn? No, it is not. But cairns have septs, right? Cairns have seps, yes, but they're still not the same. Well, what's the difference? Well, a sept is, you know, really could be anywhere. It's more of a, a gathering of Garu. Like like an embarrassment or a flock. Yeah, I, I can go that way, yeah, sure. Perhaps a murder? <laughs> Usually murders can happen, sure. I think there definitely are murders, but I don't know if they, they comprised of... What are we talking about? <laughs> is it like a town hall? There, That's a good one. That is a good way to put it. You know, yeah, Asept is, you know, Asept is the term for just a group of Garu who are living together in close proximity. You know, so usually that is around a Cairn to protect the Cairn, but it's not necessarily around a Cairn, so... You can have a sept without a cairn, but you generally can't have a cairn without a sept. Correct. And again, we're going cairn, not a Karen, because we don't need the manager. But is there a manager? <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends on on which which sept, maybe even which Karen or, or cairn you're in. And hey, I didn't scroll my, my thing properly, so we also have uh, Thunder from Down Under here in uh, the chat as well. Good to see you. I knew <laughs> yeah. that. I just couldn't see it on my list, so I wasn't leaving you out. <laughs> no, we got questions for him, too. That's awesome. But again, ho hold on to him, because we'll get to him, we promise. Yeah, it's, it's where to start, you know. Um... <laughs> oh, man. Jeez. Where, so, as far as sept building, where, where do we start? <laughs> Well, I've got a, I got a question because I haven't played actually played this game in a long time. So I've kind of understood a sept as kind of like I th I think I confused it with like a moot, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, well, you want to think of moots like uh, like business meetings, right? You know? Right. Right. And in fact, if you're let's use the glass walkers as an example because this is probably the easiest version of it. Is you know a moot would be a business meeting. Um, and uh, let's assume, for the sake of argument, this particular Cairn is in a hotel. The guy who are living in that hotel would be the Sept. Okay, 
I, I know it doesn't translate well over over radio, but uh, the light bulb just came on over my head when you said that. Ooh, you know, if we if we do more of these uh, do more of these live shows, we're gonna have to get some drops. We're we're gonna have to have that light bulb noise. We're gonna have to have some other drops. That's gonna have to happen. <laughs> that's yeah, that's a good idea. That's the I'm writing that down. Like, and you understand, I you can't let me in control of them, right? <laughs> oh no. I mean, you're not producer and host porter. That's not going to happen. Yeah, soundboard is always in the producer's hands. Always. Pro host or porter, though. Eh? <laughs> um, Anthony says, but it's a question immediately in front of me, and I want to read it. So there. He says, according to the book, um, like each care and every step is different. What are some radically different steps you've ran into or ran yourself? Well, that is a great question that is immediately in my eyeline, so it got read. Fancy how that happens. Right. Also, it's a great springboard to something I want to talk about. Uh-huh. Nope, that, it is your show. Yeah, well, that's why you saved that one specifically, I'm sure. <laughs> no, really, it just popped in my eyeline. Um, so I uh, I have three steps that I have... I mean, I've created smaller ones here and there, but I think there are three that merit being talked about um, and they're different enough that I think they'd make some decent examples. We have the Sept of the Sweet Summer Rain, which is the main one that uh, these knuckleheads are running out of in Jersey. Yep, that's that's hometown uh, yeah, in New Jersey. Yep, we've got, um, which, you know, no one here is from New Jersey. So no. that's part of the appeal, frankly. Uh, that, and I believe you, you said it in a previous episode too, that you don't make your settings around where you live because you just you just confuse them well it's it's a bad idea i mean it's you can but you have to know the area like the back of your hand because as soon as you say something that doesn't match up to reality you have pulled your group out of reality right or you've pulled you pulled them out of the game and there's always going to be that that one person that, that wants to be right all the time it's like oh no 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 broad street and maple don't intersect there what are you talking about exactly but see, even if they don't want to be the know-it-all person, their mind's going to do that anyway because they're picturing that. They know where Maple goes. They they drive down Maple every fucking day, and now you're you're inventing crossroads and there's a disconnect and they don't know what the hell to do. Right, right. You know, so sorry. Go back to your back to your answer. I apologize for interrupting. Oh, for for being a weak structure here. We're just all over the place. How dare you? <laughs> that wasn't so that wasn't exactly this show, was it? Mm. Maybe a little bit. All right. Um, yeah, so there's the summer rain over in Jersey. And then um, the Sept of the Scratch and Wolf down in Delacroix, Louisiana, which is uh, run by Mosquito. That's a fun time. And then, um, well, I guess the White Eagle over in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hmm. Now, you've said that Mosquito runs your Scratch and Wolf. And we mentioned, I think it was probably last week, we said Kinderheart runs the Sweet Summer Rain. Did and we? I, it was at least mentioned. Uh, and, and again, if, if you want to explain who Kinderheart is. I really don't. Um, Kinderheart is the, is the crappy homebrew totem that I came up with 20-something years ago. And for some reason didn't revisit very much. And I'm kind of embarrassed about the name of it, and I don't know why I never fixed it over the years. I just didn't. And it's fine. 
I don't mind it. It's lazy. It's fine. <laughs> it's like three times better than anything I would have come up with. So, Not only that, but if you really want to put more effort in, into your games, there's probably other areas you can do that into. You don't have to yeah, be yeah, so much point. specific on your totem. And look, it was just one of those things where I've done so many uh, tweaks and, and things over the years that for some reason it's something I never went back to fix. And um, they just wish I had. Okay. Well, I mean, it's probably a dumb question, but what about the White Eagle? <laughs> what the hell, Danny? <laughs> I mean, go hey, ahead. It's right. No, it's, I mean, obviously it's right there. You've, you've got Eagle. Not going to give any info about him or anything just just eagle he's bald <laughs> freedom thanks um <laughs> so you know i mean obviously those are three different places uh and in three very different sets though um you know you've got the the delacroix sept is a uh, it's out in the bayou um very uh, it's, it's not a very it's a sparsely populated sept you know, and it uses a lot of the local folklore to um, keep it hidden. You know, you, you get, I want to, I want to, I want to tell you with this picture of like, it's, it's on this Island out there in the Bayou and there's this giant fucking willow tree that just covers the whole Island. You know, maybe like a little mist coming off it way in the distance. You know, it's that haunted Island. All the kids fucking talk about, you know, no one likes, there's, there's so many gators. No one likes to go over there. You, you just, you don't go there. And they use that as their defenses. Uh, more to the, sorry, go ahead, Billy. No, I was just going to say so. So, um, so when you make these steps, you you come up with a theme for the step that fits in with the the local geography. I think it's really important to do that. Yeah, um, because I mean, it's one thing to just go, oh well, what what do I like? You know, and I think it's something I've said a, a long time is you you can't just write whatever you want. It, it's got to be within the confines of the world around it. Um, so you know, you look at New Orleans, and I think the Bayou is a great natural defense. You know, that you can't get there without a swamp boat. Right, right. Very true. You know, and then, you know, I thought the imagery of that, that giant tree just cascading all over this little island. And then, like, you get you get to the island and you go under there and it's, oh, it's way different. But you just get that image. And I think that that alone could be something that is going to deter people and whip up, like, a sense of mystery and wonder to the, lo- to the locals. Well, it definitely, it definitely paints a picture, you know, for sure. You know, and then even the name, you know, I think everything matters. Um, you you look at uh, the Scratch and Wolf, you know, it's obviously the Totems Mosquito. I think I mentioned that. And that also factors into the part of the defenses. See, as you're, as you're taking your swamp boat out there, slowly but surely, the, the, the people on that boat will get swarmed by this, like, this cloud of mosquitoes. You know, it swarms to them and it lands on every inch of exposed flesh. Oh, I remember that. Oh, man. The first thing we had to do was roll willpower to not slap one of the mosquitoes trying to bite us. But that's the thing is they didn't bite unless you slapped them. Right. So you're sitting there for like two or three turns and I'm just making willpower rolls to see if you can handle every inch of your skin being covered with mosquitoes. (laughs) Oh, man. I remember that. That was nuts. (laughs) I wasn't even in that game, and you're taking me back to my time down in Louisiana. Hey, all right. 
You know, I'm so I'm, I'm doing I'm doing something right there. And I mean, that's how that sept got its name. Is one day in early in the sept, the uh, the 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 guy who would become warder absentmindedly slapped at one and spent the next month as the scratching wolf. Ah, mm. interesting. <laughs> so, okay, well, then, Porter, you were saying that question was going to springboard into something else. Then I wouldn't pay attention. <laughs> What do you mean you weren't paying attention? You you had that question specifically because you wanted that one to spring into something else. I no, I, I wanted to talk about the three steps. In, oh, okay. It was in my eyeline, and you know, like I had some meat. If if no one had a question, I still had three steps I could talk about. Was the thing? <laughs> okay, okay. You you went into the to the step down Louisiana, which I which I appreciate. And, and and I know you might be hesitant to talk about the sweet summer rain because it's in your current chronicle that you're telling. So what about the one out in, was it New Mexico? Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd actually be happy to. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just saw the new question, um, the new comment. <laughs> nice, Thundra. Um, I'd, I'd be more than happy to talk about the submarine, but yeah, we could talk about the White Eagle too. Um, the White Eagle is um, probably the least developed of the three. And, um, you know, it's set out in, um, I mean, I said Albuquerque, it's closer to Alamogordo. You know, it's at this weird, um, there's the, and I guess I don't need to bore anyone so much with details, but you have Albuquerque, and then there's the subdivision of it called Los Lunas, which is a real place. I thought that was rad as shit. And then it's right there, the White Sands Desert. Okay. So that's where the White Eagle is. And it, it has this unfortunate disposition of, of being, near that near that old nuclear test the nuclear testing grounds you know Alamogordo is not a fun place to be as a guy in that's just bad news bears so it's a busy damn sept and it's it's in a dangerous location um alternatively th- that's a sept that deals with um a lot of uh problems coming out of the coming out of Albuquerque and a sept that has sprung up in the loss in the Los Lunas area area that kind of has no business being there gotcha hmm. interesting why don't David, we talked a bit about that where um you know you had the and it's called the Stonebridge sept the one in los lunas right and you know why why do you have a sept not a cairn but a sept smack dab in the middle of two cairns in in, in this this area this los lunas this, it's a it's a damned um it's a subdivision you know, it's a, it's the, um, you're in the burbs. There you go. The burbs. Right. Yeah. I know you're going with suburbia there. Um, and I don't, I don't have an answer for it, but that was always a curiosity of mine though. It, yeah. It's pretty much dead center in those two. Right. Right. And there's, there's no logical reason for it to be there. And I mean, that's something else. And, um, it's not really about set building, so I should probably shut my fucking craw about it. And, and I don't. It, <laughs> it, it's also not something I'm going to run with you guys, so I could talk about it. You know. I mean, we we also don't want to just bring something up and then never mention it again. So if it's something, maybe you can just do quickly. Go for it. Well, how about we we ask everyone if they give a rat's ass? I'm definitely curious. <laughs> All right. <laughs> people want to get, all right we'll talk about it See, this is and nice anthony's chiming in. i'm sorry but uh anthony's chiming in in chat too saying that he's he's all for it so 
Excellent. Yeah, that's that's nice. Having this instant feedback, you're like, yes, shut up about this porter. Fucking no cares. Or, I don't yeah, think anyone's good. gonna ever say shut up about it. Give me the next one. They want to hear everything you have to say. You have guaranteed someone's gonna say shut up about it. Give me the next one. <laughs> I hope so. You son of a bitch. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, I'm, okay, though, I, I wanted this isn't, it's not exactly a topic, but who cares? This is our live show, and this is what's going to happen. Okay. Uh, yeah, this was, uh, I started, this was a game I started that I was going to do online years ago, and it, it just, it didn't pan out, because the game started in, like, two weeks ago, or two weeks after it, the school season started, and half of my players were, were parents. So suddenly no one had time to run the game anymore because they had to finagle their children to get them, you know, to do that kind of stuff. But the idea was, is, is the, the players would work out of this sept, this Stonebridge sept, working for a, a glass walker who is a retired police captain named Henry Carver. And Carver, he had his setup. You know, this guy, he's he's one of the, you know, pitching kind of like Archie Bunka in Lawrence Tierney from... Um, Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> cool. Yeah, Carver, you know, hard-boiled, you know, he ain't fucking around. And, you know, he, he bought an apartment complex, which was called, you know, the, the, the subdivision was called, you know, the Stonebridge, you know, apartments or whatever. And so, like, the big building, like, the, uh, the biggest building there, he had kind of hollowed out, and that's where his boys were. You know, his the packs that worked for him lived there and worked there and worked is, is the thing because he um, he would pay his people. He, you know, I, I looked at it like the Garu Nation, if you re, if you replaced spirituality with commerce and that was kind of Carver's thing. And um, here he is smack dab between the White Eagle Sept and the Albuquerque Sept, which name escapes me right now because I didn't we were early on. You know, it was, it was early development. And he had a hard-on for this Albuquerque set. It was run by a bone nar named Eddie Kane, who was a long known, long and well-known criminal. Um, you know, he was a drug kingpin, uh, at least to the, the world at large, you know. Yeah, that's how he was known, anyway. And so Carver would send his people, and this is the players, on these missions and they would all be in Albuquerque. They'd all be in that territory. And sometimes you'd be doing very clear good works, you know, like, hey, we found this, we found this motherfucker. I've been, tra- we've been tracking this, this, this piece of shit, black spiral, and we found him. He's here, you know. And sometimes they weren't. And, and he'd be sending you on these these morally gray missions. And in the meantime, you have the White Eagle, who are tolerant of Carver. Like they're they're working with them, but no one's happy about it. So is it more like a like a mob boss situation? Well, you know, it he's I don't want to make the comparison to Vic Mackey. Like I don't want to go all shield with it. Okay. But he, you know, he was he was a good cop, but like in the fifties. Okay. But he was still running shit as a cop. You know, like you again, when I say that commerce over spirituality, is there something about being a guy that just never clicked with him? And he just, I'm a cop, and that's how we're going to run shit. But this was the big question to me, right? And I wanted it to be the big question to the to the the players: is what the hell is this step doing here? You know, what what's the real end game on this? And it it was it was the big problem for me to solve as I was writing this chronicle. 
and how that that ended up uh it, it dawned on me <laughs> and, and i just I, I couldn't stop i couldn't stop i couldn't stop laughing when i when i finally figured it out it is that in their younger years eddie kane was 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 the collar he couldn't get hmm. okay that's interesting yeah, it, yeah. It wasn't some lofty goal. It wasn't that Eddie Kane was secretly corrupted. It wasn't that you know he was really running drugs on the streets or anything. It wasn't that he was even this secret. I mean, he was a shitty guy, but what do you do? He wasn't like some evil force. He's just a bonar man. But he was the one that Carver couldn't throw in jail. Gotcha. Now that I, I thought of a question while you were t- saying uh, telling that story, when you're when you're building the sept. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're determining what the purpose of the sept is. Are, is that informed by the themes of the sept based on location, or do you build the expectation based on the NPCs that you've created to populate that sept? Does that question make sense? I think so. I think it's so, a little bit of both. It, it is a little bit of both. Um, for me, it's I think it's the sept first. Um, the case with Carver was a special case because I was very fascinated with this idea of this sept that shouldn't have been there and why it was, you know? And then, like I said, once I realized that it wasn't a lofty goal, it was just this, this pathetic old man with, with an ax to grind really brought it home for me. That's awesome. Thank you. Did, did, did that answer your question? Holy shit. Well, no, it did. I mean, I, I know, like I said, I've never run werewolf. I've run other games in, past history so there's always a little bit of mix of of this and that and and you keep trying things till they work i just didn't know if you had a a set way do you do character first and then sept or sept and then npcs to help reinforce the theme of the sept so you you basically answered the question for me all right good (laughs) excellent i didn't even even know i did it i made it happen look out guys (laughs) all right well i'm gonna read one of strides questions here for you porter yeah, it's B questions are, Danny. I am far too irresponsible to handle those. <laughs> well, I'll start right from the beginning, one of his very first ones. What roles, I'm, I'm assuming for the SEPs, what roles are good player characters to assume without making it all about politicking and never leaving the cairn? You know, I, um, I'm a bad guy. I don't like to <laughs> hand out SEPT roles for my players for that reason. Um, you know, a guardian pack can be a good position. Um, questing pack. If, if you're in a position that your sub can have a questing pack, there you go. Problem fucking solved. Um, you know, though there are, you know, little crap, uh, crap positions like keeper of the land, which is really a nothing position. And, and that could be good because what you could do there, you know, it's only one person. So you can have this, you know, situation where you have the keeper in the land, and that's someone in that pack. And, and uh, you know, to be clear, that's basically the garbage man. It's the assistant to the regional manager. It, it kind of is. <laughs> assistant it's, to the regional manager. Yes. You know, you're you're gonna have, um, you know, fool's ransom is the keeper of the land, and basically his job is to pick up dead man Damsey's cigarette butts. <laughs> so, but now it's a sept position, right? Right. <laughs> So he's all proud of himself. Like, look how important he is because he does technically have a set position and then you can have the rest of the pack in a position to just fuck with them because it's a crappy one. And they're now in a position to make his life more miserable because he has that authority. Right. Exactly. No. What it, like, how about like security? Well, I mean, that comes into a guardian pack. Right. Well, I was thinking more like, uh, 
like at the front door kind of thing. Obviously, they don't have a door, but the the, the way I kind of see it is like if if you start talking about taking taking spots in a set, you know, positions of authority, you're not really playing werewolf anymore. You're kind of playing vampire. Oh, shame on you. Well, I, I don't, I don't mean it like that. But, but like, Werewolf is a game of, uh, to me, the, Werewolf is a game of, of personal honor and and you know, renowned and, and and becoming well known amongst the guru. But it's not necessarily about becoming an elder. It's not necessarily about sitting on a council somewhere. It's it's about, it's it's like the old Viking thing where you want people to remember your name and sing songs about you. Well, I think there's room for for. I mean, I. I'm inclined to agree with you, but I think there's more to it. Um, I, I think if your characters are getting that old, that they're in a position where, oh, maybe it's time to start taking a sept role. If it were me. Now I haven't had a group that has uh, gotten to that point yet, but let's say for, for shits and grins that our very own bitches and bruise pack got to rank four, you know, mm-hmm. and they're like, they're like, Hey, we are somehow still alive. And, you know, you know, Danny's hunter still has the one arm, and he's like, "I want to keep it." <laughs> yeah, I don't want to lose this one too. Right, and so they decide to take up set positions. Um, I would run that chronicle and make it miserable. Well, yeah, I, I guess that's kind of my point. At that point, you're not really. Oh, I mean, you're a werewolf, but are you? You're not doing anything anymore. Life is exactly well, that's the thing, and there's still shit to do. There's you know, there are are tales to tell, there's the new generation to train, there is shit to do as Um, long as you're useful, as long as you're still useful, certainly. But yeah, I think that would be the theme is that I how I would run it is they would get bored because what do you do all day now? Yeah, I mean, are you really training that younger pack? Are you really watching over Bond and watching and making sure the other pack is doing Bond detail? Well, and that's yeah, you, pretty you boring. Far, you farmed it out. Um, <laughs> well, there we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you, sure you farm it out, but see, I think that th- I think the real thing to do there is you know, and I would I would do the, the the short chronicle, five or six stories, just to prove the point that you're bored now, but. What I would normal, what I would have them everyone do is roll new characters, and then, you know, those existing characters they get shuffled off to NPC world, where maybe in this new game they're the elders, and uh, the new characters are working under their old characters. Who knows? Yeah, I like that. All right. So since we mentioned Bond, there is a question. We're going to go from Anthony's question here. Speaking of Bond, how do you typically handle Garu crossing at Bond? Like, do you attach particular sense that's a good question i like that um i should but have not i, th- I think maybe i've gotten lazy on that with the submarine um, uh, i mean if you have it's because we have too i mean thanks <laughs> um i mean I'm, I'm being honest at that point i mean because you know in our in our sept right you know in our our bond detail you know we'll be running bond detail but we also learned that we probably don't need to. <laughs> well, you learned that. I don't think the characters did. 
Uh, unless unless someone said something and I forgot. That's entirely possible. And it's probably, but that doesn't mean we're not going to do our job because that's what we were told to do. Yeah, at least in the home set, the summer rain, because again, you know, I run every set is different, but in the summer rain, there, there's there's going to be a pack that is on bond detail at all times. And it's their job to run three quarters of the bond until their shift is over. And it's usually a six to eight hour shift, depending on how kind the elders are feeling. Which is, yeah, ultimately pointless because there are other means of which that the sept is being guarded that the elders have not told the other people about. But the purpose of this is not because, you know, the clients are so fucking good at, you know, scaring away infiltrators. It's that they need to learn how to do it. I think it's a pretty solid answer. Hopefully, Anthony, that, that answered it for you. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, I that is something that does happen. You will get the howl of announcement coming from foreign Garu, provided they're not hopping in via Moonbridge. That's absolutely something that happens. And um, there have been times I have punished players for forgetting to make a howl of announcement. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'm I'm jumping in on this one. Because Go well taking a single step into Bond before the howl of announcement got me a spear to the stomach. And yes, it should have happened. But at the same time, I was also leaving that responsibility on our alpha to make that howl. And that didn't happen, so I took the spear. Oh, yeah. You remember that? <laughs> yep. Yeah, the running gag there was that uh, Stands of the Long Shadows aim was off. <laughs> yeah. Because <that> w- <laughs> someone had to give me Mother's Touch. And and then that yeah that was the joke was huh his aim must be off <laughs> he only hit you in the stomach yeah I had fun with that <laughs> but again the howl should have been announced and it wasn't and I knew that and I was waiting and I'm the one who took the punishment for it I think one of my favorite examples of that it was ironically it was at the same set but this was uh, this was back in my Virginia game with the uh, sleight of claw pack. And uh, what had happened is they had, I had just done, and I've talked about this at a previous episode, that this little umbral lost in the Umbra four-parter where I did the dessert thing at the end and everyone's like, when do I get gift to the Spriggan? And I'm like, never. <laughs> 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 yep, that, that, made, yeah, that, that made it to air, right? That, that yes. I didn't just have to stroke at you guys? No, that was it was one of the first ones, though, so <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, that was a while ago, but... All right. Well, yeah. So they were good. There was that umbral four parter, and you know they were gone quite some time because you know they're lost in the fucking umbra. So they get home. They're like, "Oh, thank God we're home." But like they came the long way around, so they're they're just exhausted, and they're coming in through the bond, and they're coming at a weird side just because of how they got home, you know. And they're just walking and tired, and. They get completely ambushed by these two get offenders they've never seen before. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. That's got to scare the shit out of them. Oh, yeah. Like the one, I mean, it's a, it's a pack of three. And the one get, he had the huge size barret, he'd, he'd got the drop on them. And like his, he went to Kratos, has them by their throats with their faces shoved in the snow. He's got a knee on each of their backs. You know, the other one takes the alpha, he's got a blade to her throat. You know, Stilfrau. And he does, you know, he, he lets out the howl to, to let everyone know. And, and what happens is you get 
the whole sept shows up because this isn't a sept at least at that time that was was known and it was very well traveled so why why are there people here everyone let's come find out so everyone was on high alert then they were on high alert they're just like what the shit we gotta see what's going on we we never have a breach what's happening here so it was more of a surprise that it was yeah, happening exactly it's let's go see the train wreck what's going on here <laughs> the train wreck <laughs> and um you know so everyone else these are npcs that everyone knows these are their friends you know and you've got oh you know it's so good to see you. it's so good to see you you know and then you have uh you know dead man dempsey shows up and he's like oh shit we thought you were dead you know and like here's the other they're trading money over You're like oh shit i owe you 50 bucks you know they lived after all <laughs> Bits. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was actually one of my very favorite NPC, uh, you know, character moments during that is um, you had Butchers in the Shadows, who is the beta of the Rabies and Shades pack. Right. And he's leaning up on uh, leaning against one of these one of the trees. And again, he's looking at these kids who disappeared three months ago, who everyone thought was dead. And there they are alive. And he's looking at him for a second. And then something catches the corner of his eye. And it's one of the wolf kinfolk of the sept, Sean on a deer, and his full attention just averts. <laughs> you know, that that moment that this is how much of a shit I give about the fact that these kids are still alive, that I'm gonna watch this wolf eat instead. <laughs> they meant that they meant that little to him at that point. It's just what was in my heart at the time. It wasn't scripted or nothing, but it's just one of my very favorite moments of like, that's Butchers in the Shadows right there. There he is. Ladies and gentlemen, give him a hand. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what was it? I'm trying to remember. There was a part where uh, someone says, hey, to Butchers in the Shadows, and he says, he holds up one finger, you know, give me a minute here while he's reading his book, and then never stops reading his book. <laughs> just continues. Yes. <laughs> Yes, that happened in game. That was um, the Vidoma Amens player. She waited 20 minutes before she took the hint. Oh, man. That was real time, folks. Not game time. <laughs> real time? She was just waiting for him. And, oh, he's not going to address me again. Okay, got it. <laughs> but that's, it wasn't the question at all. I'm sorry. I just no, got a little fun. It's fine. I mean, this is, this is the live show. That's what we're doing. Yeah, it's a trader wreck. It's gonna be fun. Also, we have uh, our buddy Kath joined us in uh, in in the room here, so we're we're giving a little wave to you here. All right, Bill, you want to read a uh, next question? Oh yeah, way to put me on the spot like that. I, I didn't have one prepped at all. Uh, yeah, take pick the next. Here one. you go. Here you go. Uh, here's here's the next question. What is the question that Billy is going to read on air? <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> He's learning. Okay, uh, this one's from Thunder. This is from Thunder, uh, and it's it's a short and sweet one, which means I like asking this question. Uh, how much do you like to go against a tribe stereotype? Hmm. I don't know if it's something I like um, as so much as something I kind of do enough of the time. I don't know, I, I, uh, half the time. Gotcha. Is it is it just to like explore maybe a, a, another facet of the tribe that isn't thought of? Like you get this whim of it's like, oh, I wonder how this would go, and you you kind of take off with that, or? Well, you know, sometimes, and that's a fantastic answer. So you're welcome, everybody. Good night. 
Um, is it depend on the character? It depends on the character. And I mean, here's the thing, you know, and this is something I've been adamant about is we're all just fucking people, man. You know, you might be a get a Fenris, but that doesn't mean that you've, you've drank all the get Fenris Kool-Aid or that the get aid, perhaps as it would be called. Um, the get aid. Yeah. The get, the get aid. <laughs> Gatorade, um, Gatorade. There you go. Oh, Gatorade. Shit, he did it. even better. Gatorade. He did it. The Gatorade. It's done. <laughs> Cut and print. That's going in the store. Yes. What's going on, Ragabash Rags? <laughs> Jesus. I, I like how I like how we're we got a thing and then we're spawning competition and it's like the same people. That's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> it's no, not competition. It's in support. Come on. I, I, th I think it's more fun the other way. I'm going to answer the question. There you go. Why don't we do that? How dare you? Oh, you guys are sitting here for it, too. I love you guys. Thank you for being here. Um, so much fun. I hope you guys are having fun. We're having fun with this nonsense. Uh, yeah, no, it. they're all just people, you know, and you can, you can buy into the tribal rhetoric or you could not. And that's really up to the person. It's the same way that, you know, I like to roll auspices rather than decided auspice because you could your whole life have grown up drawing, you know, it was something I did my whole, you know, as I, um, I, I was a, I thought I was an artist growing up. I, I was going to be in comics, motherfucker. You know, I'm going to draw, I'm going to draw Wolverine for a living. How exciting is that? And I got to art school and I learned something is that I'm not the very good artist. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've seen some of your artwork and it's impressive. That's very sweet. But not, it's not professional stuff. It's, it's I'm not good enough, and that's not I'm not crying my song. What I did learn is though is that I am a good writer. So I leaned into something that I liked doing that I turned out to be much better at, and that's kind of where I'm going with auspices. You know, you know, maybe you the character loves to play the guitar. Music has been his whole life, except you're an around, so too fucking bad because no one in the nation is going to judge you about how well you play your little guitar song. What's the battle strategy? Oh, and, yeah. And I feel the same thing holds true for tribes, is that you don't necessarily have to drink that Kool-Aid. Now, sometimes you might want to lean into somebody, you know, lead into that that noble leader, Silver Fang, who can't breathe poor people air. And, you know, um, maybe you want to, to dive into the stereotype of that, that drunken half-dwarf cliché D and D character William Wallace man that I'm already irritated talking about. <laughs> maybe that's a thing you want, but maybe you're proving a point with it. No, it it really just depends. It does. It depends on the character and, and on the person that character is, because we're all different, man. Oh yeah, because I mean, like going back to playing at eleven and twelve, I played the same character for years. I mean, not the same character, but every character I made was just an extension of that first character for a long time and it wasn't until i got really got my role-playing legs where it's like okay let's try something different let's let the game decide for me what i'm going to play and see if i can grow into that role for me that's a lot more fun oh yeah definitely because you learn stuff you learn stuff about yourself you learn stuff about your character it's awesome hmm. all right so are you ready for next question then porter oh let's go crazy yeah all right this one's from thunder Thunder from Down Under. Do nomadic seps exist? They could. I mean, you know, the Striders aren't... Uh, and of course I go to Striders. Um, I, I don't know who else would do it. But, um, I mean, they're not well known for congregating in large groups. But I, I suppose it could. 
Um, but actually, one. actually, this was something cool. Um, Danny, help me out. Did Stargazer's air? Yes, it did. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I uh, if I talked about it on Stargazer's, so I think maybe that question was completely pointless. But uh, there was a there's a right in that book, and in the gist of it is it allows the Stargazer to absorb a cairn. And, like, it's slowly killing them because you can't contain that. You're not supposed to contain that type of energy. You're just, you're mortal, for fuck's sake. You can't do it. So you're on borrowed time. But the idea is, is it's like some sort of last resort thing to to move a cairn to keep it from being taken. To, you, can make, you can move it somewhere else. And again, big deal, right? This is like a level one thing. And, and I could see a scenario where... Like you could base a chronicle around that, around maybe there's this this ancient cairn that they've got the stargazer to, and maybe it's this it's going to help solve the secrets of the Strider's curse, and you have this sept that's surrounding this this one Garu, which is now a mobile sept because they're searching for the right place to transplant it before the guy dies. But I mean, that's just off the top of my head. But hmm. but I don't know what else you'd do with that. I guess is my answer. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's some conspiracy stuff right there. That's awesome. <laughs> or Battlestar Galactica, the werewolf. I mean, you know, they're looking for a place to colonize. You're you're looking for a place to move the cairn. Hmm. I I hate that that was so apt to what I just said. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's what I do. I mean, y- you got me. Oh, shit. I just. I just want to thank you for both my first and last time on the show. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And for some reason, I'm not even allowed to be in Discord chat. I just got kicked out. What's going on, guys? Are you trying to tell me something? Oh, you stop it. <laughs> Everything's going dark. You're getting Is this the end? <laughs> All right. Another question from Anthony, then. What are some radically different seps you've ran into or that you've ran yourself? Well, I guess different to what? And since Anthony's still here, he can <laughs> help me out with that. Different different from what? He's typing. He's got something. Oh, he <laughs> oh, So apparently you've already answered. With Excellent. The, with the th- I'm guessing with the 3 he was talking about Anthony Yes. Okay. So then with those three, that's, yeah, you answered that one then. Yeah. Pay attention, Danny. What the hell? Well, hey, here's, here's the good one from strides about totem spirits of the seps. Uh, how well do they interact or know of the actions that the guru and the sept take? Well, I would, I would make the argument that unless, um, your totem's in bad shape or, um, you know, like weak or, or rather disinterested in the goings on of the sept. And if the totem spirit is disinterested in the goings on of the sept, there's a larger issue here. Right. Uh, I would say that they're, they're very involved and very aware of, of what's happening under their roof, so to speak. Um, I think maybe the, the, the spring off question of that is how much do they care? And I think that matters that that's based on um, the totems themselves. Okay. Um, that makes sense. You know, to give to give an example, um, in uh, during the Chronicle of the Guilty, you know, I mentioned the Delacroix Sept, the Scratch and Wolf. There was also the New Orleans Proper, which was the Riverfront Sept, and um, that was run. It was a hotel, the the Riverwalk Hotel. Mm-hmm. You know, I do know it. 
Yeah, it's, it's where I used to stay when I'd go visit. So it's like, oh, yeah, I know this one. I can do this easy. And so I made that. That's the cairn there. And it's uh, Almighty Dollar is, is the totem. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is beautiful. I was going to ask what the totem was. And, it, it, and that's way better than anything I would have thought of. Well, thank you. But it also became a problem. Because, you know, The Guilty was a story about a lot of things, and a lot of things went on during it. But if you were to put it on the preview guide or TV guide, little I got four words for it, it's Vampire War. And that was creating a problem. So the hotel had to shut down because the city is goddamn on fire. And suddenly, it's not the hotel's not making money. So Almighty Dalla is pissed. Right. To the point, now this wasn't a mission for the players, but again, uh, this is another thing I, I firmly believe in, that while the game is about you guys, the world does not revolve around you guys. You know, other people are doing other shit all the time. So while their pack is sent out over here to do this thing, you know, you had the calm, or rather the leader of the calm, sending his people to rob a fucking bank a couple towns over so they can fill the tills in the goddamn steps before Almighty Dollar goes ape shit. Interesting. Interesting. And. And for those who didn't know, probably still don't, the Calm is another one of those packs who were staying at that sept at that time. Yeah, the, the Calm is one of my favorite NPC subs. Or NPCs. What the fuck is happening? Yeah, because yeah, you've, you've mentioned Jude. Uh, I'm, I'm sure on several occasions now. Jude Thunderfury. Jude is the alpha of that pack. Yeah, he's got his... his uh... His boys, Doc, Stooley, and then um, there's another member that Danny doesn't know about. <laughs> Danny knows Hunter doesn't, so we leave it out. <laughs> oh, and then there was Eel Eye. Right. Eel Eye. <laughs> because <laughs> another story. <laughs> there's got to be a story. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to tell that story. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. Do it. Just yeah, I... put it down. It, it's one of those great moments where, Porter, you're such a fucking hack. I'm going to share it with you guys. <laughs> um, you know, one of my um, one of my very favorite shows is a show called Sports Dance by Aaron Sorkin. And this is very quick, but it's kind of important. And, and there was a conversation in one of the episodes of that show where the two anchors are talking about the Three Dog Night song, Eli's Coming. And he's misunderstanding the what the song's about. And so he's like, I always viewed Eli as a portent of something dark. And that always stuck with me, his, his misunderstanding of the song Eli's Coming. That idea that Eli is the portent of something dark. So, you know, stuck with me all these years later. So I'm, I'm, I want to make new characters for the calm. There's only the three of them. They need to expand the ranks. So I wanted to create this character, Eli, who would be that portent of something dark. Because, I mean, the, the name calm. You know, you say, oh, it's calm, but it's uh, the calm. You know, they in themselves are a portent to something dark. So I, I designed this Eli character, and he shows up in the story uh, that these guys are doing a, a thing, and they happen to run into the members of the calm, sans Jude. Jude's off doing a thing. In fact, they got to pick him up from the airport later. And so there's this new guy. And, you know, Tom's character, Crimson Ghost, arbitrarily kills off Eli immediately <laughs> it's like i was first... waiting for you to say it i was so happy <laughs> it was the first thing they didn't even realize they were dealing with the calm yet no because we were we, we were friends with the calm but we have never met that character eli yet 
Gotcha. So, he, so they just kill him, and I was so proud to finally have an Eli. <laughs> but then I used his name. Oh. So so what I did was I went, no, asshole, you heard me wrong. His name is Eel I. Nice. <laughs> Nice. I like it. I so like he gets it. to keep Eli. The laziest thing I've ever done just to keep a name. <laughs> oh, man. It was so funny at the time. Oh, we, okay. actually, we actually talked about that earlier, Kath. That's, exact, that's exactly it. The Sept is the people, the carriers, the place. That's a really great way to put it. You put that better than I did. Yeah, that was that was that that really helped separate it for me because I was confused on that. Yeah, that was very sick. That's you know. Okay. Um got another one from Anthony here then. How strict do you or would you run the Tailsinger with your Seps Galliards and in, in including your player characters? Man, I would fucking love to have a Galliard. <laughs> I I can't answer that question because no one will do it. That's the problem. You're such a good storyteller. No one, well, no one wants to be a Gellier to, to be a storyteller. It sucks, man. I want to help. I'd help, but you know, no one wants. To, and you know what? I don't. It, it's kind of like we said in the third episode. You know, we we give a love to Gelliards too. Is you know, those are the two auspices that they are the most work. And you know, I'm I'm not gonna lie. If if Danny, you decided to roll a Gelliard. You know, you you roll sings for today, you know, the, the get a Fenris scald tomorrow. You know, why not? Um, <laughs> you just, but okay. Yeah, you if you tomorrow make sings for today. Um, yeah, I'm going to expect you to know Craig or Wormfo and the Death Bear. I'm going to expect you to know the Prophecy of the Phoenix. And, you know, you don't not maybe not exactly Craig or Wormfo and the Death Bear, it's just... I like I like that story, but I expect you to know the prophecy of the phoenix. I expect you to be able to fucking tell it, you right. know, even if you're reading from notes. But I expect you to tell it because you're a galliard and that's your goddamn job. Yeah. So maybe very strict is the answer, but it's there's there's a level of um, of intent that's important and a level of effort that's important. You know, I won't bust your balls for being like a bad poet because you're not a poet. <laughs> it, it's it's did you, it's did you try? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I've been playing music since I was a kid. I'm not a vocalist by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't think I'd ever want to play a galliard just because there's that responsibility that comes with that. You're right. It's a huge responsibility. And then, not only that, but like our group specifically, we have to go up against Porter, who's you know already naturally good at that kind of thing. Well, well, it's not a fucking rap battle. No, but no, but there's it's you still want to do factor. exactly, and you want to do it justice. You you don't you, you want you want to be as inspiring to the players around the table as your character is to the rest of the pack. You know, I can I can appreciate that standpoint. You know, and and maybe and I don't know because I haven't hit a galliard since, but maybe um, maybe I'm a little too strict on it. I don't I don't know. I just know, and I'm not sure if I told this story before, but if I did, too bad. You know, once upon a time, and this was, no, this was, you know, maybe 15 years ago. I, it was my last group in Michigan before I left Michigan. And um, they were at the moot, and they're telling their stories, and this was still when I was still rolling for outcome on, on the social shit. 
I don't do that anymore. And uh, he, you know, he gets up and he goes to tell a story. This was Aiden Coldfire Calhoun, the uh, Fianna, Fianna Galliard, still remember. And um, he goes to tell a story. And I am paraphrasing, but only barely. Um, we fought some worm creatures. And um, there was some spirals there. And we took them out, um, I guess. <laughs> he ended with, I guess. That's the worthier part, yes. He ended with, I guess. And I rolled these dice, and there was like six fucking tens. This this story ended up in the silver record. Oh, a story no. that ends with, I guess, is now in the silver record. Oh, no. And I went, yeah, not anymore. That's the last time we do it that way. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> that's unfortunate. It's right there next to Albrecht in the seventh generation. The, the tale of, um, I guess... Um, I guess. That's got to be a totem. Um, I guess. <laughs> I'm writing that down. Save that for later. Holy shit. <laughs> All right. Well, I got a few more questions, and, and these are ones Porter's been waiting for. All right. <laughs> you know what's coming. We're going to go with the pronunciation. You know, okay. A lot you you'll hear a lot of people say Garu, Garu, and and Porter. You pronounce it Garu. Why? Well, I pronounce it Garu because uh, I seem to remember. And here's the rub: is I remember it, but I can never find it. Okay. Is there? Is there, I heard a beep. Is everything cool? Tom is. Tom is listening in now. Oh, yeah. What's up, Tom? Um, yeah, we're in the you can join us in the live show chat. You are muted, sir. Um, I can never find the damn thing. Like, I, I always think it's in this book. It's not. But there was um, one of the third edition books came with like a little fact. And um, like it talked about the, you know, different aspects or, you know, is there a hidden sixth auspice? You know, just questions people had over the years. And um, one of them was the correct pronunciation of the word. And I am willing to put. Like ten bucks down, that, that it's Garu. <laughs> um, but the thing is, I can't remember what the fuck book it came from. It's there somewhere. I see. I think it's. I think it's Player's Guide to the Garu, but it might be Storytellers Three. Well, I've always looked at it like because because I say Garu, uh, it, close, but not the not the same. But I look at it like dialects. You know, I mean, you, people in the English language, we have the same words, but if you go to Jersey, it's going to be said different than in Virginia or, you know, Texas or something like that. So I don't, I've never really particularly put that much concern behind it. Well, I think largely I agree with you and the exceptions that I think I make exceptions in cases where they have gone to the trouble to spell it out for us. Right. I got you. I got you. You know, because, yeah, I, I agree. You know, ultimately, is there a difference between Garu and Garu and Garu? Not really. It is. It, it becomes a regional thing. That's not a big deal. Okay. Right. So from Garu to the auspice, Aharon, and why that way and not Arun? That's a personal preference. Um, for me, <laughs> uh, for me, Arun sounds like a fucking cartoon sound effect. You know, I hear Arun, and, and I picture um, those old those old Tex Avery cartoons. They're usually like Little Red Riding Hood, where she's the lounge singer, 
you know, she got the hourglass figure. There's the wolf in the zoot suit. It's like his eyes go big, and you know, his his tongue's rolling on the ground. Yep, and because it's a you know, the long snout, <laughs> the the O, a Yeah, you know, and I'm like yeah, it kind of sounds like a holy shirt, but it also to me sounds like a fucking cartoon noise. Uh, where Ahran to me, that's something that just I kind of spat at you. You know, like I mean, it, it, that, that, that's an angry guttural sound. It, it's like I just did something. That's almost an assault at that point. You know, so I think which one is more appropriate for the warrior case of a warrior race? The cartoon sound or the anger spit at you thing? I think it's pretty fair. <laughs> I think so. I'm not um, saying I'm right. It's just where my heart is. I'm going to seal the deal on me never coming back on the show, even in times of severe crisis, and tell you why I cannot say around or around. Yeah, I can't even say it like that. Um, <laughs> the first time I heard that, it, we were discussing a an Arun, as I would say, from the Get of Fenris. So somebody said it was a Get Around, and all I could hear was the Beach Boys song. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. I'll go ahead and log out, guys. It was really great being on the show. I appreciate it. And uh, I thank you guys for letting me hang out as long as you have. I'll see myself out. Yeah, we, um, actually, don't, don't do that yet. We, we have a, a special a box for you to get in. Uh, am I big, I'm getting ready to be cased, aren't I? I, that, I can't confirm that sort of thing. Oh, nice one, Billy. <laughs> nice callback. That was ridiculous. Well done. His own callback, nevertheless. Yeah, Billy was the one who came up with the term casing. I'll be here all week. Try the veal. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, that's, that, that, that is, though, that, that's that. That's the, the Ahraud verse Arun, and that's just a personal... It's, a, it's where I stand on it. I could be wrong. I'm I'm happy to be wrong in this case, though. I, I think that it kind of goes along the same lines of uh, Sam Hyatt versus Sam Hate. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those where, you know, maybe, well, Sam Hate, I, I know I'm wrong. I know I'm saying the word wrong, and I just right. don't care. Ahrown could go either way, but, again, I, I think anger over, over cartoon. And, and See, that's I, what I mean by it. I always thought it was Sam Hottie. Hmm. I've never heard that before. That's because I just made it up right then. Well done. <laughs> Good job, then. Well played. He's turning his spot back. He didn't want to get cased. That's what's happening. <laughs> I am trying. I'm trying to sidestep the case. Really, really, really strong. <laughs> oh, do we got anything else? Uh, got a couple people asking or typing in here. Maybe they got some questions. And we got Tom. Don't listen to anything Tom says. He's just going to try to wait the fucking show. Tom, I know you're in chat. I am trying to represent the Ragabash since you weren't here for the start of the show. <laughs> Tom's a little surly. That's okay. Um, I see what we're we're a little what, what an hour mark, a little little over an hour, Danny. I think. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think we're going to have a uh, Cubs corner question because this is this entire episode was questions. <laughs> Oh, I was—I was gonna say I don't know how you're sitting. Um, I'm okay to get, go a little bit longer though. Oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if these guys—if these guys have questions, we'll answer them. 
All right, immediately, right from uh, Cathadian here, then. I apologize if I said it wrong, <laughs> but I've got one for you. When you were writing a setting, how do you draw the line between funny character ideas and serious ideas? I don't know that I use the funny ones. I mean, no. it's a, it's a, I, I mean, I don't want to say definitively, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I don't... Do I have wacky characters, Danny? I mean, I wouldn't go I don't, wacky. Yeah, no, no one said wacky, but you know what I'm saying. I, I'm like, I'm looking down the list. I'm like, is that, do I do that? I, I don't know that I do. I think, I think that like with, with werewolf, the tone isn't really, doesn't lend itself to, to funny. I mean, you can do that if you want, but, but, but the humor that I found when I play werewolf is usually almost like gallows humor. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, and then that's tricky too, is I think I've written characters to try to, try to be funny like you know they're making making jokes and shit and i know that there have been situations where a character and i mean this happens in television too uh, um and i know tom knows it's it's a pet peeve of mine where a character over the years will get written and be more of an exaggeration of themselves and that drives me fucking ape shit you can't force that you can't force humor if 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 something's funny it's going to naturally be funny and if you try to write it to be funny you I, I just feel like it's going to come across as not natural, and then you're selling your do the whole game short. Well, I mean, I, I, I probably agree. I mean, what I'm talking in that first with first example is more like you know maybe the occasional one liner or a joke to another player, and you, you flip a coin at that point. Oh, but, but that's natural in the moment, then. Yeah. But um, you know, the, the second example I was bringing up, um, I think, I think a good example I, I could give would be the character Rune Altaron who um i think rune might be the best example yeah probably i think i know you're going with it yeah this was a character who um he's just a sick fucker you know he he just he he's straight up he's a murderer and he happens to be an around glass walker but if he wasn't he would have still been a fucking serial killer he's just he's not okay <laughs> you know he, he has a propensity and talent for violence and it just it gets him off and it became a point is, is he was also a massive jackass, but as he would show up as an NPC, like the, the characters kind of loved him. Like the players kind of loved the character, you know, cause he's, Hey, he's on our side though. You know? So we're forgiving all the abhorrent shit he is and does. And it would get to the point where, you know, he's in the other room getting, I am not looking at that question right now. Cause I would just focus. <laughs> on that we're going to, we're going to talk about it. I have, <laughs> I can't get that question right now. Um, I, I think it's more of a building on the question you're trying to answer. No, right, but I'm just going to read the question, so I'm looking away from the monitor. <laughs> yeah. Don't, I, I just widened it out. I just widened it out over it. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I did, to get back to it, it, it then yes, right, right into that question. Um, what it ended up happening, though, is because, you know, people liked Rune. And it, it, it became, the violence became more comical. His attitude became more comical. And he suddenly shifted into a comic relief character, just subtly. And it's like, well, what the fuck is this? And, and once I saw it happen, I, you know, I made very, very concerted efforts to, to make that shift back. So this isn't someone you laugh at. This is a tragic human fucking being. This is, this is a damaged person that cannot control himself, you know? And, and so that was, that was how that went about. Um, and, and I mean, I think that was as close as I, as I feel, but now I'm going to look at this new question. Maybe we can, 
I could do a better job answering. Um, no, I generally don't. I, I you know, I, I generally take those and and I take them and I swing them back uh, toward toward a darker route. And I think, funnily enough, the the end piece of that Runalteron thing um, might might help with that point is because when I made that effort to kind of make sure he's to be taken seriously again, right? Um, I had this, uh, I don't know if I still have it, but I, I wrote it up at one point. This, it was kind of just like a little short thing about him and how, you know, he comes back from a job and he takes off this blood soaked suit and he's just, he's shaking and it, and it's, he's not in shock, <laughs> you know, um, it, it's, but he's just, he's just shaking and it's the adrenaline and it's the excitement, but, but he's not. You know, he, he he can't control it. And what does he do? Is he strips down the shit? And he's he's in his, his fucking you know penthouse apartment or whatever, because he doesn't do this shit for free. <laughs> and what does he do? Is is he goes to his kitchen and he pours himself a bowl of cereal and walks to his living room and, and puts on the VHS he has waiting for him because these are you know I set my games predominantly in the the nineties, so it's a VHS of the Cosby Show. Which in this day and age is a little bit, I guess, unfortunate, but that's not the connotations we're going here. But it's the Cosby show was such a vanilla program. You know, it, it's that that boring slice of life. Everything is normal. Everything is safe. There's no edge to that show. I mean, again, today you look at it through a different lens, but, you know, in the, in the era, you know, there's no edge to that fucking show. It's just wholesome. And so here's this guy, you know, stark raving naked, except for like the, the blood stains on the exposed parts of his body, eating cornflakes, watching the Cosby show to get some kind of grasp on reality to settle himself back into some level of normalcy because he's so fucked up. He can't do it himself. Wow. Interesting. So just not even I wouldn't even go garbage, but just like just something completely opposite of what he's been doing just to get his mind off of it yeah just to try to function as a human being again to, to kind of reset himself um another example of this is another character that was kind of a, a joke um you know or at least you know kind of kind of on the, the the range of chases street demons actually and this is um the saga of kurt blood of more blood <laughs> everyone's favorite this is another one of those porter you're such a fucking hack as I was going through my original Bible and I'm coming up with character names and character ideas and I'm just riffing, you know, boom, here's bloodstains, the walls, boom, here, um, you know, just, just naming, this is a name. I'm going to come back to it later. This is a thought. I'm going to come back to it later. It's just a couple words in a line, pass, 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 pass. And I'm just going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, Kurt blood of, and I get stuck more blood <laughs> market, everything. And I stop and I look at what I've just done. <laughs> And call yourself a hack again. Yeah, I, I actually, the description of that character is you're a hack porter. <laughs> and I get up and I walk away. And I was like, we're done with, we're, we're done with this exercise today. Holy shit. And uh, what happened with that character is, is I decided just for shits and grins, what do you do with it? And the idea was, you know, he's a menace and he is just like huge size merit. He has got strength for days. He is a just the warriors type warrior but he has the brain capacity of a four-year-old. Oh, damn. And he thinks that's an awesome name. 
So you kept blood of more blood. Kept blood of more blood. Because he thinks he sounds, he's the coolest name there is. And ain't no one going to argue with him about it. And so it was, you know, and that was kind of the joke kind of for a bit. You know, he was a real character, but there was, so maybe this is, maybe this is the example we're looking for, Kath. Um, but what, what I ended up doing with him is even then I did the same thing I did with fucking Ron Alteron is, <laughs> you know, he was her blood of iron and then he got into a fight with a pack of spirals and he survived, but now he's not Kurt Blood of Iron anymore. Hmm. Now maybe this is what happens when you pick a fight and don't think about it. It's a crazy way to think about it. Can can we back up for a second? I, I came up with a question based on your... I can't remember the guy's name. The serial killer eating the cornflakes watching the Cosby show. That character. Yes, Rune Alteron. Rune. Okay, uh, Rune. Um, you you said that you were you you found him going slightly comical, and when you realized that, you decided you were going to make efforts to walk that back. Um, at any point, would you? How how can I phrase this? At any point, would you consider staying the course with the comedic, um, and then turn it on? the players or the characters as to why they find something so abhorrent, so funny and make it like a, like a an opportunity for some introspection on the characters parts. It's not, that isn't something I have done, but that's a really good idea. Um, you know, and, it, and especially I think I wouldn't have done it with rune. I mean, had I even had, I thought of it at the time I wouldn't have done it with rune because like, this is a guy they should probably be afraid of, but that's a really good point. And, um, cause you're like normalizing a monster. So does that mean you're becoming the monster, uh, more of a monster yourself kind of thing? It's not mince words about this. You know, uh, every member of the guy nation is a monster. Exactly. Exactly. Change it the moon. I mean, because you get black bagged and brought to a cairn and taught how to murder people and then are rewarded on your efficiency of murdering. Right. Of course. But again, it's it's almost like you don't want to, you don't want to turn into what you're fighting. Like the guerrillas still are supposed to maintain that balance, and as you go further and further and further down that dark road, you know more towards the worm, then you know you want to avoid that. I'm just I'm just totally totally just riffing off the top of my head here. So tell me to shut up. No, it's a good idea. You know, um, I, I don't, I don't want to say, you know, I mean, there's probably that goes, yeah. And I might steal it at some point, but <laughs> this thing, I, don't yeah. want, um, I don't want us to be in a situation where a character becomes comic relief accidentally again. I got you. You know, I had that problem again with the character of Nathaniel Owens in, in the Virginia games. And I corrected that very real way when I brought him to Michigan. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, thank you for indulging me that I just thought of that when you were going through his story, but I didn't want to interrupt the flow. No, I think that's great. All right. Well, got another one from Anthony then. Uh, what kind of recommendations do you have for storytellers creating a sept? Excellent. Okay. And, um, Let's uh, 
Let's make this. Let's do the last guy here. This is the last one. All right. Uh, Kath just threw one more in there too. So maybe you can we'll throw them. That you can maybe maybe do them together. No, I'll I'll do I'll do Kath's and then we'll go back to Anthony because that's a that's a larger question and I I like that I feel like that's a good ending question. That's fair. So um, how many how many do I tend to have running at one time? I will generally have an A and a B plot going, and um, if if I am feeling saucy or there is room for it, I'll put just like a little dash, just a little pinch of future shit. But um, it's never. <laughs> you know, um, in the guilty that was you know these guys' second chronicle, I was foreshadowing something I still haven't used yet. <laughs> it sucks because they're not going to remember it, and I already know they're not gonna. Uh, I I have an idea. <laughs> you do what is it? You do not fear off. <laughs> Where did you read about that? I, I, you kidding me? It was in my notes. I kept a ton of notes. You shit, fine. And Tom says the arsonist, and no, Tom, you're wrong. The arsonist was Sekhmet Rainmaker. It's his oddly shaped feet. That's yeah, what he's he, because he has oddly shaped feet. The arsonist has oddly shaped feet. Drunk Tom was looking for my uh, Anchorman warm up shit. The arsonist has oddly shaped feet. <laughs> but again, I I kept a lot of notes, especially for that chronicle. Yeah, fine. I, yeah, I foreshadowed fear in the second chronicle, and now we're on like the fourth, and I still have not used them yet. Um. Now, I know what fear stands for, but they don't. I guarantee Tom has no clue what fear is. That's fine, because those of you with the Book of the Worm 20, just, just don't worry about it. <laughs> Tom's typing in. What's Tom got? Oh, nope, the whole poisoning. I... <laughs> 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 All right, well, then... Uh... Then I think Anthony's storyteller stepped one there. That I think that's your last one, and you said it's a pretty big one. So yeah, yeah, I like that question. Run, run that back to me again, so I get the full right. scope. Talking what, on my ass. What recommendations do you have for storytellers creating a sept? Okay, um, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there, and cool. You know, uh, location can be important. You know, the totem can be important. I mean, I don't think there's any one thing that's most important. Um, you know, you want to look at what you need and in the scope of the sept itself. Uh, this is to say, excuse me a second. Is this going to be a home sept? Is this going to be a temporary thing? You know, is if this is home, right, then then your focus should instantly be about the cast, you know, because the Gower Nation is ultimately a family. And whether or not you're going to treat it that way, you know, that elder that's going to be right up your ass the whole time. That's like, that's like crazy uncle Mickey, whether or not you make a joke of that, you know, like I did, but they're going to be in those characters lives is my point. And I'm the regular. And so that cast needs to be firm. It needs to be strong. And you don't get too in love with those characters that, that you're not willing to change things or kill people because that's where we are. You know, you're where with the apocalypse shit is going to happen. Um, when you're choosing your totem, you know, 
ideally you want it to have a relationship. I mean, you need it to have a relationship with, with members of the sept, especially your thurges and your elders. And, and so think about how that totem will influence and, and how that relationship, whatever it may be, you know, you think about that between the characters and the totem. Um, you definitely want to draw your layout. And um, I'm just going to go on a limb and assume you have or have access to the Cairn book, which is not, strictly speaking, a great resource. But um, the thing about that book is you have the overhead drawings of, of the sets of the different Cairns. And that's something you want to have one of those for yours. You know, you want to have the idea of the climate, especially if your people are living on Sept. You know, things like um, like in the summer, they, they had carved a man-made stream down to a, to a lake, you know, because you need water. And that stream, I mean, you're, you're in a mountainous region, so there are hills. And there happens to be this little, this little nook where like three hills kind of converge to make this little nook. And it happens to be right near where the stream passes. So when there's a heavy rain, that area kind of floods out. And, you know, in that set, they call that the puppy pit. And that's where they make the class sleep, you know, because mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm, it sucks, mm-hmm. you know, um, and little details like that go a long way, you know, um, understand how the kinfolk work around that sept, and how, you know, things like we mentioned earlier, again, with the summer rain, where, you know, they're, they're taught to run the bond and they think they're running the bond and that's important. But in the meantime, the elders already know what the fuck's going on. You know, it's it's the small details that, that that bring it to life, and life is what you want these steps to have. I mean, it's what you want everywhere. You, you want this to be as real a world as possible. I mean, I don't think anyone would argue with that. But especially if the sept is home, you know, and if it's not home, if it's a temporary thing, you know, focus on the ways that it that it's not like home. Uh, Was I mean, you got more? I was just going to say, was that even close to what you were looking for, Anthony? <laughs> that was a pretty solid answer. Uh, well, because I get to says, yes. Anthony says yes. <laughs> good. Good. I got to get to yapping. So this happened, you know, you know how it is, guys. But I think that's, um, I think that closes the book at our first live show. Um, how do you guys feel about it? <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Uh, we were recording. <laughs> Oh, Billy. <laughs> um, I actually I had a blast doing this. I think this this was a fun fucking time. I and I and again I want to thank you guys for being here for it and participating. And Billy, you know, uh, I know you waited just like a long ass time for us to get this thing up and running, and so I appreciate that a lot. I'm just happy to uh, I'm happy to have been able to help out, and I'm I'm super duper uh, honored that I, I was allowed to participate. Uh, it was a it was a lot of fun. It was everything I had imagined it would uh, it would be. Glad you had fun too, Billy. It's uh being yeah as we call him the we won't even call him the number one fan. We'll call him the first fan. <laughs> Ooh, that's like Captain America, the first Avenger. I like it a little bit. But, Fine, you know, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm gonna change my nickname in Discord to just Cap. You know, I, I gotta say, we aired those first two episodes, and we're like, hey, if you like, you know, email and whatever, and 
like immediately we got that email from you were the first person to email in and that stuck with us so it just felt fitting that you were the third mic here well like i told you and and i won't belabor this point too long but when i first heard the first show it it felt natural it felt like you guys really like there, there was great camaraderie around the table you could hear it it wasn't forced it was very natural and it felt like you guys were just sitting down talking about something that you really really cared about and it didn't feel forced it didn't feel like pretense it didn't feel like you were doing this because you wanted to become internet famous or anything like that it felt like you genuinely cared about the game and i wanted to thank you for that because it, it I've been looking for this for a long time. So thank you, thank you, thank you guys for, for putting this together. Yeah, it means a lot, man. It's, uh, we're glad to have to do it. For, we, we just wanted to share it. No, at least that's my take on it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I love this fucking game. And, you know, to be able to sit here and job out it and have people give a shit it's amazing all by itself. Um, you know, but we're doing what we do. And, um, now I feel terrible because we're going to have to do a little shilling at the end here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an asshole. <laughs> Tom said he's going to cry. I think it's because he couldn't be on the episode. Well, it's because Billy said something nice and heartfelt, you prick. Were you not paying attention? Uh, <laughs> oh, Billy was talking? Shit. Sorry, bud. What? Can you repeat that? Uh, well, I balled up the script you gave me, Danny. Sorry, I threw it away. <laughs> You better give me that ten dollars back then too. Oh, perfect. <laughs> no, but you know, thank you guys for being a part of this. Um, this was a fun little experiment, and it's definitely something I want to do more of. Um, hopefully, this audio comes out in the wash. Yeah, please. Hopefully, because um, this is this is a thing. Because this is going to air, and this will be our Tuesday show. Fingers crossed on the audio. <laughs> you and me both. Uh, you know, I do. Right. I do want to say, you know, if you guys, uh, if everyone listening, you know, thank you for uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our listening as much as we had fun putting this on. This was a blast tonight. Um, you know, come hit us up on our Discord. This is where we did the show. Yeah, if you're not part of the Discord yet, you are missing out because anyone part of the Discord, this was this well, this was live, and these people got pretty much a sneak peek of Tuesday's episode. We're here for it, yeah. I mean, you, you should still, still download, please. Yeah, still download Tuesday because it'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> but hey, yeah, yeah, we're here for it. This is this is the one you guys were on. Um, I wouldn't be sitting here right now if I wasn't in Discord earlier when when Porter was like, uh, "We may need to re-record a show." <laughs> so, get Discord people. You could be in the hot seat one day. It's true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, join, come and join our Discord, and you, you know, the link to that is through our forums, which is also a free thing. So look at that, you know, um, you know, you know where you found us. Keep finding us if you like what you hear. Tell a friend, and um, let's not forget the contest. By the time you've heard this, the contest has already started. The rules and the details will be up on the forums, just in case, you know, um, you forgot. I don't want to go over them. I don't want to take too much time because I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm shilling now. We had this heartfelt moment. Now I'm shilling. I feel terrible. But the contest is there. That'll be the rest of the month. Um, again, thank you guys so much. And uh, on behalf of everyone in the Discord, not Submarine Studio, thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time and be excellent to each other. See you, everybody. Bye. <laughs>